You're listening to Safer Retirement Radio, where you get the transparency you deserve. Your host, Brian J. Decker, has 35 years of finance and investing experience and is the CEO of Decker Retirement Planning. He's also the author of The Decker Approach, A Safer Approach to Retirement, and has been featured in several major news publications, including Forbes, Newsmax Finance, The Street, and many more. Brian, welcome back. Thanks. I'm excited about today's topic. So today, if you were listening last week, last week we talked about the distribution plan, but today we're going to, today we're going to be talking about um, something that's applicable to just everyone's portfolio, and it has to deal with the amount of risk you have. So we talked about the the that we were going to talk about the risk bucket today, and um, so we call we affectionately call it the risk bucket. But what it is what it is is a strategy that allows. Um, it allows investors to be able to make money in up or down markets. So it takes a little more of an active approach. So we're going to be focusing on that in today's show. We hope you listen in. There's going to be a lot of good information. And like I said, for just about anybody that has money in the stock market, this can apply. And so I think it's going to be um, it's going to be helpful for, pe- for people to understand a little bit more about their risk and about um, kind of what risk they should be taking and if there are better options. Because I think one of the things that a lot of people question is, what's going to happen in the next downturn? I've got this strategy. Is Am I going to take a big hit? And especially retirees, they worry about that. So we're going to talk about risk models. We're going to talk about other popular risk models and the pros and cons. We're going to talk about how much money you should have at risk. We're going we're gonna to talk about how you can know how much money you should have at risk, how to quantify that. Uh, we're going to talk about all kinds of risk strategies, buy and hold, indexing. Uh, We're going to talk about covered call writing. We're going to talk about computer trend following models. This is going to be a jam-packed hour. I I hope we can get it all in. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. And so for any listeners, if um, you want to give us a call, our number is 833-707-3030. Again, that number, 833-707-3030. We'd love to hear from you. If you have questions about how this topic applies to you, we can answer those questions. Um, we don't charge for an initial an initial phone call, so we'd love to hear from you. Again, 833-707-3030. So, Brian, um, the question I guess I want to ask is, why has the risk bucket been so, because I've seen the impact for our clients, but in your opinion, why has it been so impactful for our client, for our Be- clients? Because um, we're offering something that to them that usually is just reserved for people with more than $5 million. So we've made it available to the little guys. So let's start there. Um, if we are true fiduciaries to our clients, and we are, And if we're math-based, which we are, I'm just going to share the Coke formula with everyone because anyone can do what we do. And here's what we do. We go to the biggest databases in the world. We go to the Morningstar database, largest database in the world for mutual funds. We go to the Wilshire database, largest database of money managers. Uh, And we use a couple of others. But we want to know what the highest returns are for the risk managers. And let's define risk. Risk is where your investment can lose money. Principal guaranteed is just the opposite. Your investment can't lose money. So we're talking about the dark side, Clayton, the risk side. Um, so when it, when it comes to objectively finding the highest returns that we can, we had different screens that we used to 
uh, go through the data that we got back from these databases. One, there's four, four things that we needed to have as part of um, the information that we pulled from these managers. Number one, we needed the manager to go through a down market. If not, they're unproven. It, Clayton, if you're 65 and retired and I were to recommend someone who's been around the block for a year, would you feel comfortable putting much of your money with someone who has never been through, well, actually a year, he's been through February and March of last year, so I can't say a year anymore. Um, but let's say they just started last summer. What's your confidence level with someone that's just brand new, never been tested? Probably not too high, right? Yeah, it's not. It's not going to be high. And that's when. So as we as we as we talk a little bit more about this, um, the we'll we'll get a little technical with some of this because we have some clients that just love the technical side. But the thing that I see from from our clients that use this is it's a positive response as they watch it over time and they see how it deals with market downturns. So for example, and we'll get into this a little bit more, but for example, early of last year, 2020, we had the fastest market, the 30% market drop in history. Ever. Ever. And that was a 32% drop in five weeks. And the style or the, the way that these funds are managed with the risk bucket that we're going to be explaining a little bit more is why our clients were able to, that's why they helped keep these accounts positive through that time. Right. We didn't lose money. We were up 8% when that drawdown was done, but I want to give the details. I, I know you want to go to uh, the, the good stuff. Uh, I want to give the details also. So screen one is, uh, there's four screens in the database information that we get back. One is they have to have gone through a down market. So we're still using 2008 for our equity managers. Number two, there has to be, and I can't believe I have to say this, it has to be real numbers, Clayton. No hypothetical, no back-tested numbers. They have to be real client information. Number three, they have to show all performance, net of fees, and number four is the most important by far, they have to have third-party verification on their performance. We gather all that information in, and then we have four more screens that we weed out the data. Number one, we get rid of managers that are closed to new investors. They're not taking any new clients, so we get rid of them. Number two, we get rid of hedge funds. Why? Because Clayton, how would you feel if we brought in a hedge fund to manage your retirement money and you had to sign uh, to open a new account, uh, an options form, a margin form, a commodity form, um, and a futures account? You're not feeling too safe, are you? Right. So, All those, is, I mean, it's options can be, I, I consider that legalized gambling. Yeah. So categorically, we get rid of the hedge funds. Number three, we get rid of the... Um, managers that are high beta. In other words, they're pedal to the metal, 2X, 3X, NASDAQ. They do very well when markets go up, they go way up, but when the markets go down, they go way down. Right. So um, that's very important. And we get rid of um, the managers that have requirements per account of two, three, or $4 million. Now what's left, there's six managers that produced the highest returns that we can find. And Clayton, what's very important, this is probably one of the most important things we can say in this segment, is all of them have one thing in common. 
They're computer trend following models. So let's take a couple minutes defining what that means. That means that they're a rules-based computer program that when the markets go up, this is true of equities and it's true of non-equity. So of the six managers we have, three are equity, they're stock market-based, three aren't. Um, Three are are non-stock market-based, which gives us good diversification and another technical term, non-correlation, which means that when one manager might have a flat year, the other doesn't. So that's very important. Um, And what we found with these, uh, that what they have all have in common is computer trend following. So when the market is going up, you're able to make money as markets go up. But when the market's trend changes and starts to go down, these will go to cash or they can go and buy inverse ETFs. I hate to use the technical jargon, but that allows you to make money as markets go down. So... If clients call us, if, if listeners call us, we'll send out the fact sheets so that they can see um, uh, the performance of these managers. Individually, they have had some years where they've lost money. Collectively, all six of them together, they haven't had a losing year going back to 2001. So... In 2000, 01 and 02, the S&P was down 50%, but the NASDAQ was down 70%. And in that 2000, 01 and 02 period, we have one manager who goes back that far. He made money during that downturn. In 2008, we have six managers. One of them lost money, down 11%, but the other five made not a little bit, but quite a bit allowing us to make money in 2008. In Q4 of 2018, when the markets lost 20%, these managers collectively made money. And to your point, um, they were able to make money when the markets uh, went down in five weeks, 32%. So this offers the highest returns for the least risk, which is the holy grail of money management. Right. So I do have a question on this. It, it, I'm sure to some of our listeners, this is going to sound a little like day trading and it's not. So how is it different from day trading? Okay, good. Day trading is where, um, I don't know. I I don't want to put a blight on cause day trading can, can be rules based. People can make money. Sure. Um, but that's not what this is because a trend in the market could be like 2017 where that was the only year in all of stock market history where the S&P made money all 12 months in a row. That's never happened. So you could have a 12 month trend where you're invested all year, but then six weeks later into 2018, the markets dropped to quick 10% in a week. And these models were able to go into protection of capital mode. What I like about these is because we're fiduciaries, we're able to see the returns and our clients have access to money managers that are getting higher returns than some of them that are offering exclusive services to people that have more than 5 million per account. So our clients are able to get the higher numbers, the lower risk, 
um, and have confidence being invested in a market like right now today. There's a we have a lot of very smart clients, Clayton, and um, a lot of them wouldn't be invested today because they're uncomfortable with. And this is a long list. They're uncomfortable with the, the market valuation. They're uncomfortable with what's going on in Washington, D.C. They're uncomfortable with COVID. They're uncomfortable with several things, but they feel comfortable being invested because they know when the market turns and goes down and gets hammered that they will, will have that expectation that they will be protected. Let me make a couple of points. The current market is valued at over 30 times earnings. That's only happened twice before. One is 1929 and the other is 1999. 10 years after 1929, no, actually it took 18 years to get your money back. If you invested 100 grand in the S&P, the peak of the market, it took 18 years to see that money again. Right. In January 1 of 2000, it took 14 and a half years to get that money back. We are now at that point. So we are at a market valuation level to where a lot of the strategies that we're going to talk about on this show today didn't work in at these market valuations. So buy and hold, uh, we'll talk about covered call writing, we'll talk about the dividend strategy, we'll talk about indexing, we'll talk about all those strategies in a market valuation of 30 time, thirty plus times earnings, and we'll see how they've done historically. Right, because we want to compare and contrast and give our listeners a chance to kind of see, all right, what are the typical strategies that a lot of advisors are telling their clients to use? Um, and I, I, the, the problem that I run into is not everyone understands the pitfalls of those strategies. And so we're going to cover it a little bit more in depth in a minute. But again, for anybody listening, if you want to learn more about or get those fact sheets about these models and we can go through the fact sheets with you, we'll show you the information and the data behind how the managers have done um, throughout their history. Give us a call again. Our number is 833-707-3030. Again, that number, 833-707-3030. We'd love to hear from you. We love talking through these things. Anybody that calls, we can set up a quick 15-minute meeting. It's free. We can go over the fact sheets so you can see how these managers have actually done. Especially, I mean, the, the cool thing is to see each of them and how they did through those turbulent times, those 08s, right? The 2001 and 02s for those market drops to see how they they responded. So again, our number is 833-707-3030. Okay. Another thing I want to bring up is risk exposure. We're talking about risk. Let's talk about risk exposure. Clayton, if you're 35 years old and you have a 401k and you have your salary coming to you every two weeks um, and you have automatic salary reduction that kicks money into your 401k, how hurt are you at 35 if the market tanks 50% like it did in 08? Um, well, I mean, it makes me sad to look at my statement, but it doesn't matter because I've got 30 years before I actually need that money. Okay. Now let's dial it forward. And you're right. During your college graduation to probably age 55 or within five years of retirement, your accumulation strategy of buy and hold, 
Uh, dollar cost averaging into the 401k. Dollar cost average is another technical term. Clayton, you've trained me that whenever I say thing <laughs> t- technical, we got to define it. Every two weeks, if the markets are going down and you're kicking money into a declining market, you benefit when that market goes back up. Right, because when you're when you're when the when the share price is down on your stock or your ETF or your mutual fund, you're buying let or you're buying more of that if the share price is down. And if it's up, if you're putting the same hundred dollars or thousand dollars or whatever it's going in per per paycheck, you're buying more of the shares when the price is down and less of the shares when the price is up, and ultimately driving your average share price down and taking advantage of it. So anybody that's contributing to a 401k on a periodic basis is taking advantage of this, even though they didn't know that they were. There's just a there's a technical. It's just the way it's set up. Yeah, it's just the way it's set up, and right. it's a technical term that everyone's taking advantage of. And if you want to learn more about it or want to know how you can to make sure you are doing it, just give us a call and we can help walk you through it. Okay, so those are your accumulation years and the rules of accumulation are different from the rules of distribution when you're in retirement. So I told you how you would feel if the markets drop 50% like in 08, if you're 35 years old with a 401k and a salary, unaffected. Right. Um, Now you're 65 years old, you've been retired for a couple years, Markets drop 50%. You don't have that salary coming in every two weeks and you don't have automatic salary reduction kicking money into your 401k. You have X amount in your portfolio to live on between your retirement and whenever you pass away. Now, how does your life change when you've lost 50%? Uh, It's going to be a massive impact if I'm getting ready to retire and I've got to take. No, that. Let's say you're retired. If you're retired, then yeah, absolutely. Because if you're taking, if you need, let's say you need forty thousand dollars out of your assets every month to to live every on, year. or sorry, every year forty thousand a month. Good grief, forty thousand a year to live on plus your social security, and 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 that's not going to be a whole lot for a lot of people. And a fifty percent reduction happens in the market, and your assets take that hit. Your forty now goes down to twenty that you're drawing out. Right. The most recent fifty percent drop we saw was two thousand and eight, and it was no coincidence that we saw the gray-haired people showing up by the millions in our country in banking jobs, in retail, fast food because they had to go back to work. They had to sell their home. They had to move in with their kids. They had to go to plan B because they lost 50% and that was a life-changing event. We make sure at Decker, I have to be careful how I say this. At Decker Retirement Planning, we draw your income from principal guaranteed accounts so that when the markets drop like this, 30, 40, 50%, it doesn't affect our clients. That is key rule number one. We never, never, never draw income from a fluctuating account because we're math based. And when the markets go up, you compromise gains if you do this. And when the markets go down, you're accentuating the loss and you're destroying your retirement plan by drawing from fluctuating accounts. So what we do is we have typically, and I'm every client plan is different, but typically at age 65, someone has two thirds of their money or 75% of their money in laddered principal guaranteed accounts. And by the way, this is probably the second most important thing I can say, because we talked about this last week in their plan. Right. 
Okay, so I'm going to only spend 30 seconds on this. And real quick, for anybody that wants to listen to that episode, we do have podcasts. So if you want to go to our website, we put these recordings out on a podcast as well so you can listen to the previous shows. Our website's DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. Again, our website is DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. Good. Okay, so we know mathematically how much money they should have at risk. That's very important. We talked about risk. We talked about risk models. We defined risk. Now, how much money should you have at risk? You can't know that unless you have a math-based solution. We have spreadsheets where, that allow us to know to the dollar how much money our clients should have at risk. So let's say, Clayton, you're 65 years old. You have 75% of your money in laddered principal guaranteed accounts that provide your income for the first 20 years. Here is, and this sadly is a reflection that I should get a life that I get so excited about this, but this is very, very cool. 75% of your money is gone after 20 years. How do you refill that bucket? It's the risk bucket, that 25% given 20 years to grow totally replaces or we schedule it to replace that starting balance in 20 years. That is very cool. I think that that's yeah. very cool. And this is laid out. So the what we're talking about is a distribution plan and it's a one page retirement plan where you can see how much is at risk and you can see what your your potential tax implications are going to be. You can see all of your income streams. So I don't want to spend more time on this, but in talking about the risk bucket, you can see, okay, here's the point that it's going to grow from X to Y. Um, and we assume a rate of return, but the average rate of return that the that the managers have been getting it has been higher than that. So we're assuming a conservative rate of return on that. Um, and we look at inflation. We look at a lot of different factors on there, but it helps lay out, okay, at this point, this is where we need to look to move some money out of the higher growing risk account into the safe um, the safe income account where you can then draw income and depend on that for the next five or 10 or 15 years, depending on what kind of an account it ends up being. Good. Okay. So we've talked in this segment, um, we've got five minutes left. We've talked in this segment about how we objectively mathematically have brought in the highest earning risk managers. They're all computer trend following models. We've defined what risk is. We've defined how mathematically we find out how much money they should have at risk. Now, Clayton, here, here's, I say this with a smile and we can cover this in five minutes easy. How many, what percentage of people come to our office uh, and say that they're conservative? What does their portfolio look like? <laughs> I I laugh because most people say, oh, I'm really conservative. I, I, they're going to be mostly at risk and in higher risk things when they say they're conservative. And we're not laughing at people. It's human nature. We see this all the time. So what we've got now, and this is a new topic that we'll cover quickly, is we have a way to quantify through a, a risk questionnaire what level of risk from zero to 99, where is your level of risk? And most people are, if they say they're conservative, they're probably a 40 or a 45. Sure. So then step two, we say, okay, show me your portfolio. We upload their portfolio and quantif quantify it 
in a risk score, zero to 99, typically it's a 70 or a 75. Right. They're taking a lot more risk. Right. And when we show them dollar wise that the next downturn historically is 35%, and that means that it's going to produce a loss of X, they're not comfortable with that. Right. So now that we're at or near all record highs in the markets, now is a very good very important time to reconcile your level of acceptable risk with your portfolio risk. Now is a good time for that. Well, and I see I, the, the part of the reason I laugh is because I'll have some people come in that tell me that they love risk and they love risk on the upside. And so if they can make 15 or 20 percent a year, that's just they just love that. I think most people do. But then you got to look at the other side of that. Yeah, that you can also lose 15 to 20 or more. In a, in a single year. And just about any of us would love to make 15 to 20 to 30 percent in a year, but none of us want to lose 15 to 30 percent in a year. And so that's why I chuckle, because you get those people that when they actually when you talk numbers and you actually put it in into real numbers for them, a lot of people think, oh, maybe I don't love that much risk and I am more conservative. So it's, it's it helps people realize. And that's what this 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 risk allies does for you is it can it can help lay out okay um here's how much are you okay for a potential gain of five percent a year potentially losing two or three percent a year or gaining eight percent and maybe losing five or gaining 15 and maybe losing 10 and so you can see okay what is the impact to my portfolio in real numbers in real terms right in front of you and it's it's eye-opening i think for a lot of people and this is a reason for someone. So we've given a few reasons. There's three reasons in this segment for them to call. One is to find out how much money they should have at risk. Right. Number two is to look at the fact sheets of the best money managers in the risk space that we've that we pulled up. Right. And number three is to make sure that their level of risk individually matches their portfolio and they can do that. We can send that questionnaire to them and upload their portfolio and help them reconcile um, the level of risk that they want to take with a portfolio that measures a risk score that they're willing to take. Right. Now, and again, for any listeners, again, our number is 833-707-3030. Again, that number, 833-707-3030. We'd love to talk you through how the risk managers work, what their returns have been, talk about your portfolio and kind of where you're at for risk and what your comfort level is. And like Brian said, we can help quantify that um, through a, it's a, it's a quick, I mean, it's a, it's a, I guess I don't want to call it a quiz, but it's a quick questionnaire that you can take. It takes 30 seconds to answer the questions and then you can have an idea of where your risk tolerance is based on seeing these real numbers. Um, We also have some great resources on our website at DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. So we'd love to hear from you. Again, our number is 833-707-3030. Our website is DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. We hope you check it out because we do have to talk more about, we've talked about the distribution plan. We've talked about how the the risk bucket, as we call it, works. But we also have an ebook on there on our website for download that you can, that you can if, if you don't want to talk to somebody yet, you can go and download the book and you can read more about our process and our approach to retirement planning. That's an awesome.
awesome book. And well, and I think for a lot of people that as they read it, because I mean, for me, so I'm a very visual learner and a, and an and I an auditory learner. So I got to watch somebody do something. I've got to hear it. Um, so books, I, I love audio books, but for anybody who's, who loves a good ebook, it's free. It'll download in a PDF form for you. If you want the, the paperback copy, call us, we can send you one. Um, so we've got a lot of options there, but we do have some pretty great resources available to you on our website. Again, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. So we'd love to hear from you. Um, and we'll be back after the break. Welcome back. Um, we're glad you're with us. We're going to be talking. We've been talking about the risk bucket. And we've been talking about ways that people can make money, whether the markets are going up or the markets are going down. We talked a little bit about how we look for and what those managers have done in the past. But we're going to be talking in this segment about um, about other strategies to compare and contrast. And a lot of these are going to sound familiar to our listeners because. I'm sure that most of them, if they're invested in the stock market, they're probably following or trying to follow these strategies to a certain extent. So, Brian, what are the strategies that we're going to be talking about today? Okay, let's start with the most popular. By far, the most popular is the dividend strategy and indexing. I mean, those two probably number one, number two. Sure. So the dividend strategy goes like this. And by the way... Um, we, if the dividend strategy produced the highest net of fee return for our clients, we would use it. We're not using it for two reasons. One, and I put this at the feet of the publications that lay out um, uh, returns for dividends. So right now, the 10-year the treasury is yielding 1%. We'll use that as a baseline for the riskless rate. Clayton, if I can get you 3%, isn't that better than one? Sure. What about five? Five's better than three. Love it. And seven is better than five. Why not keep going? Yeah. And you see where this is going. <laughs> right. So we have a problem because the human nature and the way this dividend strategy is rolled out is higher is better. Now, remember, this is retirement money. This is your safe, sacred money that you're supposed to be conservative. And the dividend strategy is rolled out as a conservative strategy. And a lot of people have most all of their dividend strategy money in dividend yields of seven, eight, and nine percent. What if we just pull the, the, um, what, what hides the guy behind um, the Wizard of Oz? What do you, what's the, the curtain? Curtain. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. We're going to pull the curtain back and say anyone who has their money in seven, eight, nine percent dividend yields might as well own. Um, uh, it's a high risk portfolio. So we'll talk about sure. that right now. So the first part is the misconception that higher yields are good. The second part is uh, we're going to pull the curtain back on the math of what goes on with these dividend strategies. And I hope that if you're listening and you have a dividend strategy, I hope you jot a note on this. So when someone comes to my office and tells me that they have a dividend strategy and it's worked for them, I say, okay, Mike, what's your favorite uh, dividend stock in your portfolio? And they'll predictably point to the eight or 9% dividend right. stock. Yeah. I'll say, okay, good choice. Let me show you the chart on that. Do you see that the stock price has been trending down? That's why the dividend yield has been going up. Now let's pull up their financials. Uh, here it says that they're paying a dollar 
Um, and based on the price, that's a 9% yield. Oh, let's look at EBITDA, earnings before interest, dividends, taxes, and amortization. And this is where I point to the number on the screen and the blood drains from their face because that number is 70 cents. They're not covering in cash flow the dividend. And the reason it's 9% and the stock is going down is because a lot of smart people in the markets don't expect that that dividend's gonna be around much longer. They're gonna cut it. And if you have a dividend strategy and you've been through a dividend cut, here's how it works. It's horrible. After market hours, there's an announcement that XYZ company is cut their dividend from 9% to one. Right. Or they cut it all together because they've been borrowing to pay it. Yeah. Um, and they rescind their dividend. And now that $30 stock goes to 15 in a day. And so you book the loss. You've got a dividend strategy. So you have to sell because that stock isn't paying a dividend anymore. So you have to sell it and buy another. You, you've taken the hit. Anyone that owns a dividend strategy knows the pain of what I just described. So what I hope that you do in the dividend strategy is to go into the financials, look at the company financials and make sure that the spread between the dividend payment, which in this example was a dollar, is covered at least 2x by cash flow. And if it is, by the way, you won't be getting seven or eight or nine percent on that dividend because that's a safe dividend and safe dividends yield about two or three percent. Right. And so for anybody, I mean, obviously, we just talked about a lot of it. It's it's a lot of jargon. It's a lot of math. We we love this stuff and we're happy to help you make sense of your statements. So if you if you think this was my strategy, this is what I was doing, but you want help making sense. All right. Are these the right stocks? What are the other options? We're going to talk about the other options. Um, but give us a call again. The number eight, three, three, seven, zero, seven, thirty, thirty. That number eight, three, three, seven, zero, seven, thirty, thirty. We'd love to help you make sense of your statements because a lot of times it's pages and pages and pages of transactions and this and that, and most people can't make sense of them. There's a pie chart usually on the front of it that, oh, well, there's my amount that I have, but I, the rest of it might as well be in Greek. So we'd love to help you make sense of your statements, help you understand, is this div dividend strategy working? Give us a call, 833-707-3030. Okay, so now let's talk about Warren Buffett buy and hold uh, buy good quality stocks and hold them for decades. Warren Buffett, he's the Oracle of Omaha. He is, and he's earned his reputation, which is platinum. Is there something better than platinum? I think that's I think that's the highest, I think. Okay, so he's earned a platinum reputation. I'm not going to take it away. But I am going to tell you that Warren Buffett gets a paycheck. He's not retired, so he's not affected personally if his portfolio tanks 30 40%. So I'm going to go into... Um, why someone in retirement would be, is there a nice term for out of their mind? <laughs> um, why it will hurt them to use a Warren Buffett strategy. So um, in the Warren Buffett strategy, if you're in your 20s, 30s, and 40s, or you're within five years of retirement, those are your accumulation years. You can do the Warren Buffett strategy because if you take a huge hit, um, you have your paycheck coming in. But if you use the Warren Buffett buy and hold of good quality stocks, uh, once you're retired, 
it's, it can hurt you in many ways. Um, so let's talk about that. The number one, the biggest reason the Warren Buffett strategy doesn't work in retirement is because our economy is set up in a way that we have in our um, growth cycle of uh, all companies will go through one of three phases, a growth phase, a maturation phase, and a decline phase. Without exception, every company will go through one of those phases. The biggest reason, the, the way that those phases work is there's an economic term called creative destruction. Every company is exposed to it. So creative destruction is the reason that AT&T, when I started in the business in 1986, was a no-brainer monopoly stock. Everyone had to use it. They broke up the, the monopoly and we just bought all the baby bells. They all paid dividends. It was a no-brainer investment until 1999 when the cell phones were rolled out in mass. Right. In inside of a year and a half, AT&T lost 70% of its value and they had to reorganize themselves as a wireless company. But wasn't that a, a no-brainer Warren Buffett AT&T retirement stock? Yes. And creative destruction hammered your portfolio for AT&T. Oh, but there's more. Let's look at blue chip companies like Pan Am Airlines. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Um, how about um, Kodak, Eastman Kodak? Or how about Polaroid? Or look at what's happening to the blue chips of Macy's, Nordstrom's, JCPenney's, Sears, and the list goes on. Right. Just last year, there are 30 public, quote unquote, blue chip companies that are retailers that today are gone. Sure. So, Creative destruction, oh, wait, I've got a, the, the best blue chip ever is the Jack Welch General Electric. How's that working out in the last two years? You're down 70 plus percent uh, because the state of Indiana asked for more information two years ago about their financials. And when they opened up GE's financials, they saw that they looked more like Enron than they did anything Jack Welch espoused as a blue chip company. Sure. Without exception, every company goes through a growth phase, a maturation, and a decline, without exception. And so it to us as a math-based fiduciary's retirement firm to put your risk money and to buy and hold it for decades makes zero sense to us. There's no downside protection when the markets go down and you're fully exposed to all the effects of creative destruction of these different economic sectors. Any points that I need to clarify on that before we go to the indexing strategy? No. So just to sum up, we talked about the dividend strategy. We've talked about the Warren Buffett method. The other thing that just kind of I mean, it's it makes me question the Warren Buffett a little bit is because he'll say, I'm never going to buy technology stocks. And then he goes and buys Apple and then sells Apple. Right. He was he was all in on Apple. And the other thing he can do is he has enough money that if he wants to get an idea of who's going to be shipping what, he goes and buys a railroad company. So he gets this heads up information and his strategy, I think, goes a little bit deeper. But he has earned the reputation 
Um, a deserved reputation. Right. Brilliant. But, brilliant man. But the, uh, the, the issues that, w- that we run into, obviously, are, are the creative destruction that can happen. So those, those between the dividend strategy, his approach, it can fall short, especially for retirees. Again, this is about depending on this money in retirement. Right. If you are saving and you're trying to earn and you're trying to grow your money so that you can retire sometime off in the future, um, it can work. But for somebody that needs this money, they've got to pull. They've got to pull income out of it to live on. It's a. It can be a scary thing if you've got to worry about your your portfolio, your assets being cut in half in the matter of a month or two. Um, so for anybody, again, if if you have questions, you want to understand your statements a little bit better, you want some help making sense of what you have in your portfolio. Our number is eight three three seven zero seven thirty thirty. That number again is 833-707-3030. Okay, so let's talk about indexing. Easily, indexing, extremely popular. There's three reasons that um, we agree and it makes sense. One, indexing, why not, if the S&P is what Vanguard says it is, where it beats 85% of money managers and mutual funds every year. Why not buy the index? That makes sense to us. So the reason number one of the three is for performance reasons. Reason number two to be an indexer is because the S&P 500 all by itself diversifies you among 500 different companies. You are well diversified of some of the best countries in the United States. Number three, cost. If you can buy an S&P, um, well, actually, the average person in the United States, their portfolio has a cost that's averaging all in around 1% when you look at total fees. Sure. Um, you can buy the S&P ETF at Vanguard for five basis points. That's 0.05%. That's almost free. So for those three reasons, we are champions of indexers. There's one deal breaker that, of why we wouldn't recommend it for someone in retirement. So during the accumulation phase, we are a proponent. I tell my kids to buy and hold an index um, because they're getting their salary. They have their 401k. It's, they're in the growth the accumulation phase of their life. Right. But I, we don't tell our reti- we don't tell our retired clients to do indexing because, um, there's no downside protection when the markets tank. Um, you have no downside protection. Um, can I tell you a quick story? Yeah. My timing was sarcastically perfect. I started in this business in 1986 just in time to <laughs> accumulate a nice book of business for Black Monday, October 19th, 1987, where in one day the markets are down 20% and peak to trough, it was a 30% very quick hit. Well, I think, and real quick on this, I'll, before you continue on with your story, I'll add that I think most of our listeners can remember where they were. This is one of those events that you can remember where you were when you saw it on the news or heard about it on the radio. I talked to my dad about it and he can he knows exactly where he was in Washington driving around for work at the time when he heard on the radio what was happening. Yep. 
And there, that's a whole nother story of what caused it. Um, James Baker, the U.S. dollar. I mean, there's a story behind that. But um, I'll never forget my my boss, my manager at XYZ brokerage firm telling me to get on the phone with all my retired clients and tell them it's best if they don't touch their portfolio and let it recover because they've just taken a big hit. So I dutifully got my book out and started calling clients and they were incredulous. Oh, good idea, Brian. Should I also tell all of my people that I pay bills, I'm going to let my portfolio recover. And so I'm not going to pay my bills for whatever it takes so that I can let my portfolio recover. And I just felt so stupid. But that made an impression on me that I knew that buy and hold had no downside protection for the retired person. And modern portfolio theory, asset allocation, which is the pie chart, didn't work for them. It did work for the 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50 people during their accumulation year. But having no downside protection, I swore that I would never have that happen to my clients again. And fortunately, it was during the computers, they were just coming on, and computer trend following models had started and I, they're called, it's called absolute return. And so that type of investing for risk is what I went into and have been in ever since. So if someone thinks that these market drops come around, well, let, let's actually look at the history of this. Sure. Um, before quantitative easing, they were predictable. Every seven or eight years, the markets got hammered. 2008, 50% drop. Um, August of 07 to March of 09, that was a 50% drop. Seven years before that was 2001. Three-year, 50% drop in the S&P. Seven years before that was 1994. Iraq had invaded Kuwait. The markets had struggled. Seven years before that was Black Monday, October 19th. 1987, um, that was a 20% peak to trough or 30% peak to trough. Seven years before that was 1980. Um, in two years, 80 to 82, that was a 40% drop. Seven years before that was 73, 74 bear market. That was a 50% drop. Seven years before that was 66, 67. That was a 40 plus percent drop and it keeps going. I already gave away the answer. But everything changed in 2008 when the feds used a Keynesian. And by the way, if this is you fill in the blanks on the the the, the technology or the, the technical sure. words here. But Keynesian policy is to <clears throat> pull um, to to stimulate the economy with quantitative easing and then back off so that the, um, uh, the economy can recover. Well, we did the former, not the latter. We injected the economy with tons of stimulus um, and we have been stimulating the economy ever since. Right. It's net, we're in uncharted territory in debt and in the um, Fed portfolio 
and with what we've created. So no, it's been more than seven years since 2008. We haven't seen, actually we did, we have these quick drops like 32% last year. Right. Um, but we haven't had a sustained big drop like 2008. That's kind of what we're looking for. Um, this time is gonna be different. So imagine that you've never injected a patient with adrenaline um, and now you're getting daily injections with adrenaline. What happens when you take them off adrenaline? Well, it becomes a dependency, right? Yeah. And so the market is dependent on something that at some point, like the heroin addict, their, their reaction, their positive reaction to each injection of stimulus is getting less and less. Sure. So that's where we are now. We're at record high. Um, market valuation, interest rates are at or near record lows. People are living longer than ever before. The, the corporate earnings are not supporting where the markets are right now. And the hope and prayer of sustaining, forget about any gains for 2021. The hope and prayer is that the vaccine works and that the economies all reopen, the economies of the world. Now we are just hearing about, and by the way, I'm an optimistic person. <laughs> I really am. Um, but would you bet your retirement that your vaccine is going to work and that there's not going to be any variant strains? Are you betting your retirement that this market at a record valuation goes up from here? Because historically that's never happened. Right. In 1929, like we talked about in the beginning of this show, it took 18 years to get your money back. Once we got to this level in 1999, it was 14 and a half years. So do you remember Clint Eastwood in that uh, shootout? He couldn't remember how many shots he'd fired and he pointed the gun at the guy's head and he right. says, do you feel lucky, punk? Yep. I can't, uh, anyhow. I just hope that you have downside protection in your portfolio. I want to, and Clayton, you fill in the, the blanks on this, but I just want to end, and I didn't mean this to be a speech or a rant, but we pride ourselves on making sure at Decker Retirement that we're using an, uh, the best people that we can find in each category for cash, safe money, and risk. We're talking this segment about risk. We've gone through the databases. We know what the highest returns net of fees are. Um, and we're using those managers and all of them, and this is the most important thing I can say in this segment, all of them are computer trend following models, which means that when the market, if the markets do go up from here, our clients will benefit. But if the markets turn and go down from here, 20, 30, 40 plus percent, these models historically have made money in that environment. And that's our expectation again, if that happens. Right. Do we have one more? Uh, I want you to fill in and then will you leave me a minute to talk about fees? Because I want to talk about fees in this segment for risk. Right. And I think as, as we talk about this, one of the things, Brian, I mean, you've been in the industry for over 35 years and you have seen just about everything that the financial markets can throw at an investor. And having been through that and seen the effect that it has on people's lives where you had someone um, in 87 upset with you for the buy and hold strategy. 
and seeing now the impact that your clients have, you've been doing distribution planning for over 20 years and you've seen the effect that it can have on people's lives where they have that, that income coming from a safe place. They have, they still get to participate in the stock market and they get growth and they get that excitement that some people get out of being able to make money and, and, um, and, and potentially make a lot of money when the market's up. It's, it's something that it's, it's a change that allows people to, it, it, it allows them to enjoy their retirement the way that they want to. Because I think for a lot of people, you work 30, 35, 40 years in some cases to get to the point where you can retire and you get this vision of this is what I want to do. This is what I, I want to be able to do. I want to volunteer, spend time with grandkids, travel, just not have to get up and go to work every day, whatever the case may be. It's different, I think, for a lot of people. Um, some people even, they they just go from from having to work to to wanting to work because they love what they do. And that's great. But that's we want people to enjoy that ideal retirement that they've been envisioning. And in Brian, in the last 35 years, as you've done this, this is this is the point that you've gotten to where you realize that this is, in our opinion, the best way that we can help our clients enjoy their retirements the way that they want to. They get that income. They get that that growth still on their accounts and they can see with peace of mind that they really can enjoy a safer retirement. And throughout the process, they're given that transparency to be able to see, okay, here, this is, this is it. It's not, it's not a quick decision. It's, there's a lot of, there's a lot that goes into building these, these plans. So I think from, from my angle and and what I've seen with, with folks that have retired, that we've helped retire, it's amazing to see them enjoy that retirement the way they, they want to. So you wanted to talk real quick on fees. Yeah. I'm going to hit fees real quick. So Clayton, if you have a choice of manager A, no fees, average annual return of 6%. Manager B averages 9% and has a 1% fee. Right, your net, you're gonna take your net return, right? You've gotta look net. So many clients get hung up on fees. We look at net of fee performance. Um, do I have time in 40 seconds to hit covered calls? Because I wanted to do that. Yeah, talk about it. This is this is a strategy that people hear about, and it seems like this exciting thing, but we'll break it down real quick. Yeah, you buy the stock. I remember sitting in the back room. This is in 1988 when covered calls were described to me at Drexel Burnham. Um, that goes back a long ways. And I raised my hand and I say, tell me, what I'm missing because if you buy a stock and sell a call, you're limiting the upside in a bull market. So you're guaranteed to underperform. And if the market goes down, you have no downside protection. What am I missing? And there was silence in the room. So we look at net of fee performance. There was one year in the last 20 years that covered calls beat the S&P and that was 2015 when all the markets were flat. Stock market, bond market and commodity markets were flat. Covered calls were great that year because there was volatility. One time in 20 years, we're fiduciaries and we're math-based. We're not going to recommend covered call writing with no downside protection and limited upside to any of our clients. Thank you, Brian. Now, we hope that for those listening that you you take control of your retirement. Give us a call. We can help you find a safer retirement. Our number is 833-707-3030. That number is 833-707-3030. 
If you want to stop by our website, it's DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. You can actually schedule on our website with us as well if you don't want to make the phone call. Again, our website's DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. Our number is 833-707-3030. Thanks for joining us today. We look forward to being with you next week. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Decker Retirement Planning is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Decker Retirement Planning.